0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Borellis. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone.
1: This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this episode is with Montego Glover, who, my gosh, I have never met her before this interview, but she just radiates kindness. We had this wonderful, wonderful recording session. And during quarantine, I've been using a platform that allows my guests and I to see each other while we're recording this nice multi-track audio. And it's nice to be able to just look into people's faces, their eyes, look at their faces and and feel more of them than you would with just hearing somebody's voice. And I just loved watching her talk. She she just like I said, radiates this positive energy that makes you just want to lean in and listen. Her story is is really a fun one. One phone call changed the course of her entire life. It was an alum from her college that just said, hey, I know you just moved to the city, but come audition for this role. It was her first audition. She got the job, and the rest is history, as you'll hear in the episode She's very outspoken about being open to everything. She's really introspective and and prepares herself emotionally for her next step, whenever whatever that may be, and and makes sure she's ready to accept new opportunities as they come. She explains it way better than I just did, so please listen, listen to the episode. It's a wonderful one. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Please show your support. I want to keep the transcriptions of these episodes going, so every little bit helps. Show your support at ttp.fm slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Find me on Facebook. Leave a rating, leave a review. And now, everybody, please enjoy this episode with Montego Glover. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Today's Tony Award-nominated and two-time Drama Desk Award winner made her Broadway debut in the original production of The Color Purple before creating the role of Felicia Farrell in the Broadway hit musical Memphis. She has starred in all of the Natalie Portmans, a new musical comedy called It Should Have Been You, and the 2016 Broadway revival of Les Mis as Fantine. She is also an accomplished TV film and commercial actor in addition to lending her voice to various projects such as Dora the Explorer, some Audible Originals, and uh, video games, which is a little close to my heart. Most recently, she completed a thrilling run as Angelica Schuyler in the Chicago Company of Hamilton, and we will soon be seeing her on an upcoming new Netflix show called Inventing Anna. Montego Glover, welcome to the theater podcast.
0: Thank you, thank you. It's so nice to be here. Hi, Alan.
1: And we are obviously recording in quarantine. Where are you joining us from today?
0: (laughs) Brooklyn. We're
1: done in Brooklyn, me too.
0: Run! Yay! holding it down, right? We're holding right. it down.
1: Yeah. I, I never know these days, uh, who's, who's left. Like <laughs> actor friends are just like fleeing the city in droves. I have some people yeah. who even owned property and they have either rented it out or just straight up sold it. And like, let's go back to Ohio. Cause there's no <laughs> Broadway for a while.
0: <laughs> right. It's sort of a dual reality, but is it, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's our lives as actors, and you know the highs and lows that come with it. Obviously, even pre-pandemic, but this has like changed the game for a lot of people in a, in a number of ways. Dare I say, all of us are actually? from day
1: on. Well, absolutely. I mean, aside from just not having a stage or not being able to be with people, you know, auditions are almost non-existent. And now, I mean, we're recording this in the middle of August, mm-hmm. and it's taken a good what six months of quarantine here. But now. Um, you know, I have friends who are doing a lot more voiceover work and they have uh you know, kits at home and they've built studios in their closets. <laughs> I was I was on camera with uh with James James Iglehart yesterday. And yeah. he was literally in his closet with like sound panels all around and everything, right? <laughs> <If that goes. laughs> So that's that's what you gotta do. And but you've you've done VO work, obviously, as I just rattled off in your bio. Very impressive bio. But are you? What are you doing to stay busy and like not go completely insane? Like I am working out of this single room for months and months and months.
0: Right. I totally get it. You know, like it's it's two things. It's you know how you how am I staying sane? In life, just you know, relieving my stress and you know, getting some air and staying caught up on what's going on in the world so that you're informed, but not you know, so overloaded that you're truly overwhelmed every day in a way that works against you, you can't handle. And then, like, what's work doing? What's popping at work? And then, you know, what's checking on the family and and friends and chosen family? So for me, it's sort of a three pronged, multifaceted area. For work, honestly, I for me the transition has been from things that would normally happen on stage or things that would normally happen in a live space and or venue have just moved online to a degree. So, you know, I presented a number of plays both privately and reading for playwrights and other creatives um, with a cast. I've done it publicly. I've done it to fundraise. I've done it to raise awareness. Like I've been able to use that skill and frankly, that joy, that gift around it um, to continue to work and present, But also exercise and see people and, you know, keep my hands on a bit of art. So that's been great. Um, in the world, obviously, a voiceover, I was telling someone the other day, I said, you know, normally, when I'm, you know, coming and going on the stage and other venues and concert work and all that other jazz, you know, uh, my voiceover universe operates easily daily at about 125, 150%. Like There's mm-hmm. never a dull mm-hmm. second. There's always something that should and needs to be done that I'm being seen for, which is wonderful. We went into quarantine and along with all of the live performance, all of the VO upped by 300%. So wow. I have been in my home studio, um, a closet converted to a very sensible ISO booth <laughs> 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 talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Um, and it's great. It's work. I love to do. It's work I've always done. And now with quarantine, what has happened, it's just, uh, you know, taking it up. It's leveled up crazy, you know, in a beautiful way. I mean, I have no complaints, but it does require a bit of management speaking of which um, staying sane, like really mm-hmm. alone, with yourself. There's a lot going on, you know, Mm -hmm. the top of this year from basically March 12th um, until this very moment. I think that the world is an entirely different place. And so um, I've really needed to embrace quiet time, even more so. I always strive for balance in my life between personal and work and otherwise, but really, really strive for um, time to be quiet and be still to really hear my own thoughts. What is my heart saying? How am I really responding? Uh, Choosing proper outlets for that. Uh, I have a yoga practice. writing in my journal, um, and and doing things that bring me joy that will allow me to stay connected. For example, you know, while we were all in quarantine, I could go to my farmer's market every Saturday. And for me, even pre-pandemic, that was a wonderful, uh, treasured experience week to week to go and shop at the market and choose what I you know lovingly will eat and enjoy. Um, and so being able to do that and have a sense of normalcy around that and other little pockets of things that allow me to have a, a, a sense of normalcy aside from the fact that I need to be available for family and friends and chosen family to check in on me because that gives other people in your life a love you a sense of stability and being able to reach out and check on other people and, and be there for them what I found in quarantine is that um if I'm treating my own spirit, my heart, my body as well as I can, I am much more present and able, even in these extraordinarily trying circumstances, I'm as able to show up for other people and show up for my career and show up for myself. you know?
1: Yeah. That You, you said chosen family a couple times, times and, and that's the concept, not a concept. I, I mean, I'm obviously known about the concept, but I've something that I've heard so many people say recently, yeah. especially in, in the same context that you provided it in, in that it's something that we have to do to keep ourselves sane because like, I love my wife. I love my kids, but (laughs) I I just need to go outside, you know?
0: I do do need to go
1: outside. So, you know, they're like FaceTime has become so much more important and I'm just like texting friends and I say, you know, when can we play? When can we get online and just talk or play like stupid games or whatever it is? And no, I get it. I get it. And then, I mean, as someone who is on the stage, I'm sure you can relate. But for me, as someone who watches people on stage, missing the arts, missing that outpouring of emotion eight times a week. Yeah. You know, that that's catharsis for so many people on stage, right? And it's yeah. catharsis for people watching it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so
1: you are so fortunate to be able to have all of that in your little ISO booth. Because a lot of <laughs> people a lot of people don't have that.
0: They don't have it in their little ISO booth. Or opportunities to really do some good in the world and also, you know, keep your hands, you know, in art. For example, I um I presented a Noel Coward play twice, actually, for Stars in the House, which was just so wonderful to, to have that work, to be in the company of those other actors, most of whom are my friends, for us to be connected in that way and just spend that time um, reading a great work and enjoying it, and, and most important, importantly, having a uh, as live a communion as we could given our circumstances. You know, one of the things I love about the theater is that we're all in the room together, Mm -hmm. physically breathing. I can hear every person in that 1,500 seat house or whatever. I can hear you breathing. I can feel you moving, you know what I mean? Emotionally, spiritually, like kinetically. And so that's the part that you have to keep uh, reaching for. You have to keep really paying attention to because I feel like in this circumstance, it's easy to get a little withdrawn. Uh, so, so reaching out and, and continuing to, to put your hands and your light on those seeds is really important. It takes effort.
1: You, you, the, the, the vocabulary you use is, is very, uh, it's interesting to me in that, you know, you say like you've used energy and put your light out there and you feel people and it's very, it's very, um, cerebral. Mm. It's a very cerebral way of existing. And, and you were talking about, you know, you want to love yourself at the beginning and you write in your journal and self-care and all this. Is, is, is this something that, I guess, the, the energy that you feel between people and the energy that you feel between your family and your chosen family, is this something that has always come naturally for you that you're aware of? Or have you had to work on it over time? And like, is, is that what's made you so successful in your career is because you can connect to these people in a nonverbal way?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good of you to say. That's really kind of you. Thank you. Um, I would say, I think that the seed has always been there. I was raised with those values, the importance of community, the importance of communication and family and listening more than you talk. Because as a kid, particularly where I grew up, I mean, I'm born and raised in the South. You know, you didn't, if, if grown folks were talking, then if you were a kid, you were not talking. Um, you were not encouraged (laughs) (laughs) to participate (laughs) in conversations. So it's a great skill, actually, though. You learn how to be in a room and just observe and just hear what's going on rather than feeling the need to, you know, to uh, uh, enter enter the space otherwise. And I think that's been helpful Uh, as an actress, you know, when I'm scoring a a scene or a play or a piece of music and I'm looking for the life of this woman, this person that I'm going to play, um, I'm sitting in the quote unquote room with her and listening to her tell me where she is and what the world is where she lives and how she exists. That's part of the process. So yes, I think, being being um, growing up and being raised around a particular set of values has helped me transition fairly well. There's a level of adaptability I think you need um, in the modern age <laughs> that we have to really grasp. Uh, it's it's not always, the best decision to dig in your heels Um, uh, and sometimes the exact thing you need to do is stand firm, stand tall and hold the line. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? There's a, there's a balance between those and knowing when to use and when not. I think, I think that's important and I always have. And what I found too, is that as I continue to grow as an artist and grow up as a person, as a woman, as a citizen, um, those things keep changing in the best way, but they keep growing, hopefully in the right direction. You know what I mean? Again, the work is not making the same mistake three times in a row, 80 times in a row. going <laughs> to make a mistake, make, make a different mistake. Or you oh,
1: absolutely. It? And learn from it. That's <laughs> right. the point of making mistakes. If you're to learn. Yeah, you got to learn from it. Well, so good, it. This, this is unusual for this podcast. Listeners, I know know that I normally start off with like, Tell me about your childhood. Where were you born? Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned the South, and you were born in Macon, Georgia. We're going to get to that. We will, I promise. <laughs> but I'm, we're going down a path that I absolutely love. Uh, and you said, uh, again, just a second ago, you said the, the way you identify is uh, in various different ways. And as you've matured in your life and matured in your career, has how you have identified um, like the primary adjective? Through which you have identified. Has that changed over time?
0: Hmm. Hmm. I think ultimately, no. What I have discovered is that there are so many more uh what colors, doors, facets, avenues. There's so it's not just one one-dimensional or even three-dimensional thing. It's it's my sense of wanting to relate and participate and commune with people has always been there. It's why I think, you know, in school, I ran track, you know, I like team sports or, you know, why I have siblings instead of being an only or something. Do you know what I mean? I've always been in a, in a space. My parents both come from large families, you know, so I have a sense of like these large extended families and large sense of like fabric and community in that way. And I think that has always been uh, in there and I have discovered along the way that it's uh Translatable. So when I um, get a play in my hands, I'm thinking, what is the world of this play? How big and wide and tall and deep is it? And how can I serve the piece? How can my that core in me that's like, what do? You, what can you contribute to the community, to the world, to the telling of the story? What can you do? And how many tools do you have in your bag, your tool bag, to help you get there?
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty
0: at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
1: That's so, oh. that's so cool. I mean, <laughs> so, I, I'm just, I was thinking about myself here at the same time, and like, you know, there's the big ones. There's there's man, there's white, there's father, there's employee, there is podcaster. Like I guess <laughs> you no, know, podcaster, that one's grown recently in the last year and a half. But um, yeah, it's it's I'd love how you called it a toolbox because yeah. depending on what role you're in, what environment you are creating, you gotta pull that out.
0: Yeah, you do. And you need to know what you're looking for. You need to know what's not in there, and that's a discovery. You know, there have been times I've reached into my toolbox and been like, ah, I need a hammer. I don't have a hammer now. <laughs> <laughs> you should get about getting a hammer. You should do that, you know, or or when you are inspired. I mean, I'm sure you have these moments where you're like, I have an idea, you know, and I'm going to get to work making it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I think a sign of maturity around that, for example, is I have an idea, I'm going to get to making it happen. And now I'm going to give myself um, a process. I'm going to give myself time and space and energy, whatever that is for me, because everyone's different, of course, you know, what is, you know, work on the piece and go out of town and, you know, get those reviews for one person is like, nope, fast track, straight to Broadway. For somebody else. You know? Right. <laughs> so, so recognizing what your process is, I think, is important. And another thing that I've been very, very grateful for um, in terms of um, experience, training, and life experience aside from work is having the time to really work out what my process is and continue to grow, both as a person and an artist. You know, what's your process?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh gosh. I love, I absolutely love how you describe this. And it, it's, it's just becoming a better person. I mean, I, I think to something, I think every show, like the arts, the arts heals, the arts can save, the arts is necess- is, is a necessary thing in all of our lives, mm-hmm. whether we realize it or not. And it's kind of funny because, you know, there's the whole thing about like, especially in the state of or the city of new york or you know there's cuomo who's not helping actors but then broadway brings in uh, over a billion a year in tourism and it's you know people come to this for a reason obviously like art heals art can save we we need this in our lives and people come to broadway they 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 see shows they put on shows in Big productions or small houses, community theater happens everywhere. And I mean, even at the, the fun, most fundamental level, your kids role play. They want to be somebody else. They want to have fun. They want to explore outside themselves. And uh, I think to a, a show like Jagged Little Pill, mm-hmm. where on the outside, it's just, oh, look, an Alanis Morissette musical. But it's not. Yeah. It's a show about, about rape and addiction and white privilege and it's so so deep yeah. so you have somebody like elizabeth stanley who has to go to a place every single night that i don't know if anybody can get could back from once
0: and <laughs> here we are
1: and here she is going there eight nights, eight nights a week yeah. and like Catherine gallagher is the one who gets assaulted in the show and and they had they all as a cast had to do a research project You know, the director went in and it's like, you need to present on something. You need to go and this is your assignment. This is your homework. This is your homework. Have you, have you, you said, you know, you reached for a hammer once and it wasn't there. (laughs) Um, Is this, like, do you have equivalent experiences where you've been presented with a script or a role and you're like, this is something brand new. I got to I got to start from the beginning. Like, what is your process with that?
0: Yeah, oh my goodness, it's funny you asked that question because the absolute answer, and it's like recent, is all the Natalie Portman's, um, a new play that I was working on, uh, presented by MCC, presented mm-hmm. by MCC, new play, C.A. Johnson is the playwright. Absolutely terrific piece, just beautiful. Um, small, you know, five, six actors. And this woman uh, that I played, um, a mother, uh God an alcoholic and a widow and trying a mother of two. She has a 16 and a 17 or 15 and 17 year old. And, you know, they are uh, living at the edge. You know, she cleans in hotel. She's a maid in hotel, you know, um, and it's her Ugh, the The darkness in her depths was so immense and so uh, all-consuming. I have never played a woman who had so much darkness in her. Mm. I played people who have um who feel a lot, who have heavy and long emotional wells. All of this is true for this character, but there was a a mean, nasty. <laughs> coming from a place that is so primal and grassroots about this woman that I I had, to, I had to really say, this is a learning process. This is like a teaching moment for you. You're about yeah. to stretch as far as you're able to happen inside this woman every night. And talk about having to go to a place um, eight times in six days. She was definitely one of them um, because there was no... Um, There was no faking the funk. There was no imitation version of it. It required that I uh, open the chest doors, the head doors, and just start at a full run and never stop until I was off the cliff.
1: That's not only emotionally or physically tiring; it's emotionally tiring yeah. too. So, like, did you have did you have to come home and I mean, how do you recover? How do you become Montego again?
0: <laughs> you know, it's two, That's a two pronged answer. One, uh, experience, time, and experience. I can assure you, and I've seen this uh, with other uh, young actors and actresses. You know, they are so raw and they're so available, uh, but what they lack is the skill to go to those depths and then get themselves safely back because the thing is you do have to come safely back. Yeah. Surface. You have to go there, but you have to go back. So how, again, what is your process? How do you get yourself back to safety back to the surface? Um, so that's one. And the other for me was recognizing that there every night, every, every performance of that play was a different experience because the same you know, what, 227 people are not in the audience every night. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a different interaction. And when I talk about I can hear you, I can feel you moving in space with me, that's what I mean. It's informing my journey in a slightly different way. Even the slightest movement makes a difference, you know? And I do not mean, let me be abundantly clear, I do not mean I am going out on stage to do it for the people and give them a show and do it. <laughs> I mean, mean, honest to goodness, like, like kinetic energy, like honest, real, no pretense. Just live in the life of this person and recognize that a door to your world is open between you and who else is in the world with you. So for me, two pieces, like get yourself safely back. That takes time and experience and it takes an an ability of recognizing that it has to be done it is not okay for you to stay there once you go off the cliff and crash to the bottom mm-hmm. in the very depths. You absolutely must come back.
1: So what do you, what did you do though? Do you come do you shake it off? Do you do yoga? Oh. Do you read? Like what?
0: Like yeah. in the moment it's, um, you know, w- once, once I'm done, I need to, if there's something magical, at least for me that happens once the scene is done, uh, or you, you exit the space, once your contribution to the scene or to the, to the play has happened in this time frame, um, when I exit left or right or upstage, or whatever, the minute I pass that threshold, the pieces start to fall off in chunks. Like it starts to come off in chunks. And as hmm. long as I keep moving, it's like I keep passing through a series of hands or hooks that just keep pulling things off. I don't even have to do it. I just need to be available for those pieces to start to fall away. Um, and then it's, Breath, because I think honestly, so many times I've had this experience. Even as a a person taking in a piece of art, you're so emotionally invested and bound up, you forget to breathe. You stop breathing. I've done that in a movie theater, in a play, in a musical. I've done like I realize I'm I'm so involved in what's going on stage, I stop breathing. So I have to, as an actor, remember once I pass the threshold, allow the pieces and chunks to fall off. They have to go get light again because you've been very heavy. Get light again and. Breathe. You must restore like what's that word? That fluid.
1: Your your chi your zen.
0: Yeah, you gotta restore it because you're gonna you got you got more to go. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not done. It's usually not right. the end. It's usually just the end of act one or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to do. So right. you know, uh uh be smart about about the athleticism required.
1: It is, it is athletics. I say it so many times on this podcast that Broadway, off-Broadway, they are the Olympians of theater. You have to maintain it. You have to train. You have to know.
0: It's a sport. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I feel like, too, in, in personal experience, too, that it's it's just like, once you develop who you are, you know, the emotion the emotion becomes a bit of muscle memory, too. Mm-hmm. And so you go to a place... And you let yourself go there. You're open to it. And you're feeling the energy from your cast or from your audience. And part of that too is your costume, right? Once you develop, you put that on and literally, you know, you, you said figuratively things are falling off you, but you take that costume off and you're literally taking that back off again. <laughs> and you hang it up and it gets dry cleaned. And, you know.
0: <laughs> that good, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was
1: back to the next day.
0: Listen, there is something that takes place. There is truly something that takes place when you are sitting in your dressing room and your dresser says, it is time and you're playing Fontaine. And you need to be laced into that corset to begin what is her journey, you know, which will include at the very end, you know, dying in the streets. <laughs> yes. When the corset comes off, uh, you know. Yeah,
1: you literally can breathe again when the corset comes off.
0: <laughs> for kids, elite
1: Right. So, okay. So I, I said it a while ago, grew up in Macon, Georgia. You were raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So you said you're raised in the South. What, uh, I guess, where did you get into the performing? What made you want to start singing and, and being on stage?
0: Oh, that's interesting. Um, l- let's start here. Uh, where I'm from and in my family, like music is always around. Like we went to church every Sunday, um, and people sang in the choir. My parents did. I did you know what I mean? Everybody does that. So music is always around. It's very integral actually to like our lives and to, um, church which is very integral to the lives to our lives like worship and the, the idea of a, of a kind of spiritual worship so there's that I've been singing as long as I can remember um, just because it's a function not for a purpose of you know anything more than you know sing along with grandma or mom or dad or you know auntie or uncle whatever right. um, and the rest is honestly I remember I have very vivid memories of this uh, sitting in front of the television in Chattanooga Tennessee Watching public TV and listening and to the orchestra and watching those musicians play and sing ballets and seeing artists present their art or to, or, or like the the pre-version of like virtual tours through museums or um, highlights for different uh, artists from different eras, uh, different schools. and I was transported the storytelling. The the different kinds of things that things that were oral things that were visual things that were movement based and, and incorporated both. I, I was enchanted by it, and that never it like it it like it's like it woke something up in me, and it never ever ever went back to sleep. So that was really the beginning. Like I I recognized that feeling, and I still have it. Um, I recognize that feeling. So when I found a place in school that Welcomed it and cultivated it, because we had art in our schools, all kinds. We had choir and we had bands and we had all those things. And theater concentration as well, it made sense, you know? It made sense. Um, I was probably 12 when I started studying, um, acting formally, and I remember I was at school. I was walking down the hallway. at the time I was running track. And you know, enjoying it, you know, out there doing it. And there was, I was passing by the auditorium, and there was a class going on in the auditorium. And I opened the door, and it was an acting class. Like older students who were working, and younger students who were there who were observing. Excuse me. And um, again, it was like it was like the experience of the you know public broadcasting you know moment. And. I remember standing there and looking and looking. It was like the instructor like sensed that I was there or someone was there. I'll never forget this. And she turned around and she saw me and I saw her and she said, come in. And I did. That was it. And the door shut and I have never looked back. So that's where
1: I would say. That's funny. You used the... the, the Vocabulary again, like she sensed you. It's very, very, very. Oh, I that's love. I love how you describe these situations. It's very like energy flow. That's my version of spirituality. Yeah. Is is energy connections between people, and and I think there's a very strong scientific reasoning for a lot of stuff, but uh, you know, might not take it as spirituality for now, right? Yeah. But um, then went to. Went to FSU, that's Florida right. State,
0: mm-hmm.
1: with a BFA in musical theater, right? And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Go Knowles.
0: That's,
1: that's right. And that's <laughs> right. And then, so how long before, how long from that before Broadway debut in Color Purple?
0: Uh, from Florida State to Broadway debut, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, Florida State, about five years. About That's not life. bad. No, not bad at all. Not bad at all. You know, I um, was always fairly driven and uh, focused. Um, I really loved my training uh, in acting, like before college, and then the program itself was excellent for me. It was a full level up, is exactly what you would want to do if you were like moving through your matriculations. You know what I mean? And, and you know, really season your growth levels. It was a great choice for me. I'm very glad I chose Florida State that way. Um, but what I also knew is that I wanted, I was very serious about pursuing acting as a career. And I knew that I wanted to move to New York. I also though was very serious about it being, it being, um, permanent and I wanted it to stick. I didn't want to move to New York and run out of, um, money or run out of, um, energy or run out of, like emotional uh, Uh bandwidth. You know what I mean? (laughs) I wanted to be spiritually, emotionally, and financially ready to be here. The stakes were that high for me because it's not like I made another decision. I wasn't one of those kids that was like, I'm going to major in music theater and minor in chemistry because, meow, meow. Like that was not, that was not the plan because the plan was I love this very much. It's the the only most thing. Um, So I took the time to do it and it was great. Uh, It gave me having those things in place and every, every young person in that space is different. Um, but those three pillars in place for me gave me a foundation and a sense of self and groundedness and really authority so that when I arrived in New York, I could make decisions that felt right. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't in a, I wasn't in a bind, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people I know come up and they have a few months of savings, they come, they're like number one in their school or number one wherever they are, and they come here and they just get trounced on. It's so hard. You, <laughs> you, you gotta come here with humility. Yes. You have to come here. The same reali- story. Yeah, realizing that you're not gonna be the best right away.
0: No, no, no. No matter what. <laughs> it's, a, it's a gift if you're still on your feet, it's a gift if you, you know take the A train and you want to go to Midtown and you don't end up in Harlem this time. Like <laughs> put yourself together, do you know what I mean? Like take the time to really get your bearings, get your get yourself set, you know, coming from a different, you know, a, a different environment, you know, Florida States in Tallahassee, which is North Florida. It's very different layout. It's, it's not a city. It's a town, you know, yeah. everything revolves around the universities there, which is great. But New York is, is, is a, an entirely different beast from anything in this country. Um, so I think it's important to invest the time and energy. Whatever speaks to you, whatever you need. Some people don't need um, a couple of months of savings. They just, they just need, you know, a, a dance belt and a tuba chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> and i'll say go others are com- different
1: <laughs> did you come here with with any sort of contractor were you just like all right i'm gonna take a break i'm gonna find a place i'm gonna like you said get your bearings but i know i've talked to so many people who are just like i i didn't want to come here until i had some that something that was a sure thing so they were commuting uh-huh. from other cities yeah. sometimes <laughs> Yeah. Like hours away, they would just come here for audition after audition and they never moved here until they had a show.
0: Wow. Yeah, No, not not for me. Not so for me. Um, I moved when I was ready. I literally woke up and was like, yes, it is, it is now. It is time. It is time. I moved here, however, um, and said to myself, I'm going to give myself a month. Take a month. Learn your new home. You're here. You made it. Yay. Like, take a month, learn the city, learn the system, learn the subway system, learn how to get around, what you need to do. You know, connect with so many friends who are here already and are so psyched to have you come and now finally join our party here at NYC. And, you know, do those things. Don't worry about auditioning. You're okay. Again, this is what I mean by like, you're okay for money right now. So take the time to get yourself together, because when it's time to hit the pavement, you'll need to be on it. So give yourself that gift. I had earned it. I worked very hard, you know, in school and after, yeah. um, saving my you know, nickels and such. Um, and I said, Don't audition, don't audition for a month. And about two weeks later, I got a phone call from a fellow alum, and he was like, Hey, doing a show downtown, we lost our leading lady. I've recommended you, you're gonna get a call. And I was like, Okay. And I went down to audition, and I remember as I was going, I mean, this this friend of mine, fellow alum, is like he was a senior when I was a freshman, and that is the like state of our relationship as friends. He will always be like a senior. That's <laughs> how so
1: you're, you're frozen emotionally together.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll always be a freshman, and. I remember as I was going to the audition, I was like, "Oh my gosh, please don't embarrass him! Please don't embarrass him!" He totally recommended you for this. He totally recommended, and I had just gotten to the city, so it wasn't like you know I had all this other experience of like you know walking into other casting offices and like bombing or doing a great job or whatever. This is like the really one of the first ones, probably the first one if I'm remembering correctly. And I remember thinking, "Don't embarrass him! Don't embarrass him! Oh my god, you'll just die of shame if you get in there. You're just..." I (laughs) I was so horrified. I got there, I went in, I sang. I sing again. I was asked to read, read again. And then I was asked to wait outside. Um, and I'm just thinking someone will come out and say, thank you so much. Or we'll you know, let you know. I go out, I wait, just, oh, just hoping it's going to pass. Just give me a grade that's good. I don't want him to get the worst feedback. And they came out and said, um, we would like you to join the company. Wow. So uh, about two weeks into my move, I had a job. And so I was going to play Mabel in the Pirates of Penzance. On the South Street Seaport in the Ship Peking, like a pirate show on a ship, <laughs> Do- <laughs> <laughs> docked in the water. Ta-da! That's so cool. Yep, totally. That's so pivotal.
1: cool. The the I don't know much about the FSU program. Is it <laughs> is it more of a focus on, on acting or singing? Because I, I feel like the better the better musical theater actors are the ones who realize that you have to put the effort into. Acting—you can't just be a great singer, right? You can't just sit there. You can't just sit there and sing. You have to act the part too.
0: Who told you that? Who said such a
1: thing?
0: <laughs> FSU is really grounded. One of the things I loved about it is that I feel like—and I say this all the time because it's a hundred percent true—I feel like I got a conservatory education at a liberal arts university. So I got like intense, focused. Um, high-level training that was demanding and demanded the most of its students and of the community that we formed with each other. But also I got a college experience. So if I wanted to tailgate and go to ball games and do things that college students do, it's great because ultimately the translation was you will need to be an artist in the most high-level way, the best you can do, but you will need to function in the world. And if you don't have practice at that, it will be it will be snaggy (laughs) when you leave school because you don't quite, you're like, what the (laughs) entire world doesn't revolve around our school of theater dance. And you know what I'm saying? Like they're hugely important, but what I have, I have really benefited from in my opinion is that I got practice right away at those really important stages. You know, when you leave for school, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, right in there, those like adult, like knife sharpening tool making years, like getting the foundations together.
1: Hangover years. Yeah. You got
0: to really know how to manage all the things that are going to be in your life and are going to be part of your life, the landscape. So that was was the experience of Florida State. And yes, it is intense with voice, both speaking and singing, intense with acting, um, all kinds of acting and genres and dance. Like uh graduates of FSU are in their bodies. You will huh. dance. You will you will do it. You may not come with the with the highest skill set. You will be exponentially sharper and ready to compete when you leave the program. You will do the work, but you'll be ready.
1: That's so that's so cool because I mean so what I was trying to lead into was sort of sort of obvious connection to the fact that you just sort of do everything and do everything really well so you've got the you've got the Broadway credits, and you've got the TV credits, and and something that I didn't even touch on in the bio was concert work,
0: oh, yeah.
1: right? right? So you've been a guest artist with the New York Pops at Carnegie Hall and jazz at Lincoln Center and the New York City Center and National Symphony in Washington, D.C., the Philadelphia Orchestra, the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. There's like 10 more lines here in my notes here that I can read. as orchestra, orchestra, orchestra of every major city all around. So that... And then you throw in the voiceover work and all of this. It's just, there's everything there. So, so where do you, I mean, how do you focus all of this? Where do you know, how do you know what you're doing next? Or where do you decide what to do next?
0: Um, it's actually really easy for me because it all comes under one umbrella, which is when people ask me, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm an actress. <laughs> Ta-da! Like that's the answer. It's all storytelling. It's all, it's all different expressions, different colors and shapes around the, the very central point, which is storytelling. I'm just as interested in the storytelling for a Publix commercial that I'm reading for as I am in the storytelling playing, you know, Felicia Farrell in Memphis or Angelica Schuyler. I know that sounds strange, like, the, the, like I'm trying to equalize those things. I'm not. They're, they're different in terms of like where they land and, and how you approach them. But ultimately, there is, there is a skill set that centers around expression and the telling of a story. And they, they right. rise in all the places. Um, and so I choose what to do next by what interests me. Um, what's going to, it's a, it's a bit of a, uh, what's the word? A potion. You know what I mean? Um, I'm always looking for things that interest me. I'm looking for, um, uh, um, uh, creatives, other creatives who are so dynamic and I'm very interested in working with, I, am <laughs> interested in language. I'm interested in musicality. I'm interested in location. I'm interested in, you know, changing, uh, media. You know, it's so, it was such a surprise to me. I want to be clear. For example, when I was studying acting at 12 years old and up until it was, I wanted to be a theater actress. It wasn't like I, I was like, got to school. It was like, I'm going to be a voiceover artist. If you had come to me in my ballet class when I was 18, 19 years old at Florida State University, just sweating and like mad in my ballet class because I'm just like, working so hard and said to me, so here's how it's going to go down. <laughs> I'm like, that's crazy because none of that exists. Like if you had said to me, you're gonna make your Broadway debut in the color purple, I'd have been like, that's crazy because it's not a Broadway show. A number one. Yeah. <laughs> I would have like listed the things that mm-hmm. really are true. But you know, there you
1: go. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things well, have happened. So for me, I I I think it's funny that you didn't mention any of the technical stuff because for me, I was like, you need different management, different representation for all of these different genres. So that's, so that's what I was saying. I was like, oh, so you're sitting there doing the color purple and then a VO agent for video games walks up. like, <laughs> oh. like hey, I noticed your overly dramatic presentation in this really serious play. Would you like to go do a funny voice for a video game? Like oh you, you have to seek this out, right? Or like, how does that happen?
0: But here's what. Okay, so I'll tell you my story. So you remember when I told you that my friend recommended me for the job and it was Pirates of Benzans and we were, like, on the ship in oh. South Street Seaport and I, we were doing the Pirates. Prim- so in the audience, one of those nights was a representative from a commercial agency who works in commercials and, you know, reps talent in that way, but loves the theater and mm-hmm. everything. And there he was and there I was. And when the play was over, he said to me, "Hey." I work with commercials and I think we should take a meeting. That was it. I took the meeting. It went extraordinarily well. And I've been a client ever since. Wow. And so saying yes to it being available to it, like there in the first place, his being there, his approaching me, my saying yes, and then being open to what that meeting was and the possibilities there. All of it new, not in that I didn't know how to talk or I'd never seen a commercial before, but being on the other side of it was new. And what I found is I opened up that tool chest and reached in and was like, how do you score a scene? How do you use these words, to your advantage? How do you take direction? And I had a tool for every single thing. And it kept growing and growing and
1: growing. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that was just right place, right time. (laughs) It's funny. The last, last interview I did, uh, was Adam Pascal told me that the, the reason, the only reason he got rent was because he happened to grow up next to, next to Idina Menzel. So she (laughs) she called him and she was like, we can't cast this one role. We'll come in and read for this guy, Bernie Telsey, that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> and then it leads, first audition, first show, leads to his Tony-nominated role. Like
0: just all of it. All of it. Meanwhile, uh, in one sentence, you just said Adina, Adam, and Bernie. You know what I mean? Yeah, all, of this, yeah. all of these things <laughs> have grown. Right. You know what I mean? Are like sitting in space now in very, very luscious areas. It's good.
1: So you never know. I mean, for people listening, like you never know the people in college that you work with. You never yeah. know when they're gonna call you up after you move to the city and say, "Come audition for my show." We just <laughs> lost our leading lady, and it's gonna to lead to the rest of your career.
0: Literally, literally, you know. So that that's how it happened uh, for commercials, and then you know, you get there and you start. I started to. I, I started to discover this entire world of uh, commercial acting and the presentation and what the business of that is um i I, I, there was never a moment where i thought this is this doesn't line up with what i'm trying to do it all made sense
1: do you have a favorite Do you have like a favorite of do you you ever do too much theater and you're like i gotta go and tour with the indianapolis symphony orchestra again (laughs) or like i'm tired of these stuffy tuxedos i gotta get back on stage again
0: uh you know i i I cut my teeth in the theater. I love the theater. It'll always, always be like the heart heart and soul. Like I can't imagine going through um, whole seasons or, or two and five year periods where I don't do any plays at all. You know what I mean? That just doesn't seem right to me. Even when I've been, you know, working on two TV shows at the same time. Do you know what I mean? I've always had room or made space for it. So I gotta be honest with you. There is no favorite. My issue is when I don't get to do Everything. <laughs> if I'm being honest. I get a little fussy when I don't, you know, too much time goes by and I haven't, you know, had a chance to, you know, get with the pops and, and sing something. Or, um, you know, uh, it's, it's time to talk about detergent or something. It's the ability to be, to keep it interesting, keep it nimble. You know, like it's it's always passing that ball in the air and it just comes at me in crazy awesome ways. It's very exciting. I'm never bored, ever.
1: It's never so bored. funny. Uh yeah, it doesn't sound like you ever stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny, you're like, yeah, if you said color purple will be your Broadway debut, it'd be like, nah, that's not even a Broadway show. But you know, now you mentioned TV and whatnot, like so inventing Anna, uh yeah. coming out on on Netflix soon. Um if if we were to tell little Montego like there's this thing that's called the internet, <laughs> and you're gonna be on TV, but it's not TV. It's gonna be on everyone's little pockets. You'd be like, what? Like <laughs> what? <laughs> what is what is this? But <laughs> tell tell us more about. I mean, I, gosh, I guess Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and everything are are casting movies and TV just like anything else now. Yeah. You it, know.
0: Yeah it's it's this, it's this, it's the same except the delivery is the delivery of the content the delivery of the of the whole the season the you know the world of these plays quote unquote are different different from what a lot of us grew up with you know what i mean um, i say all the time you know i talk about this with students and, and with, you know, just sort of gabbing with, um, contemporaries of mine, you know, I say, wow, there, you remember the, the time, a time when we watched television by appointment, like if you weren't in front of your television at 8 PM on Thursday, you missed it. You missed it. And now that's not how we take in content. That's not how we, uh, absorb it. And so being willing as an artist to move with that, um, is a large undertaking because there's also in my opinion so much more on television on all of these platforms there's so much more content now um there's also a lot to choose from Mm -hmm. um, in terms of being a consumer and being available as an actor or actress there's a lot out there which I think is wonderful I think abundance is the only way to go and I've always felt that way um there's more than enough for all of us. There's more than enough for me and you and all. So the the real question is, you know, what are you available to? But some stuff is a no, obviously.
1: Right. And who are you available for?
0: Yeah, cuz that makes a difference. It does, doesn't it? Oh,
1: well, absolutely. I mean, you have to connect with casting directors. I mean, aside from the person you're reading with, which obviously with sometimes your reader just gives you nothing. So <laughs> you still have to pull pull from yourself, but like screen <laughs> no, test screen tests and and rehearsals yeah. and whatever. Like you got to pull things out that that you didn't expect or that you know you're relying on yourself but then you've got to make these connections and these and these entered you have to leave your uh, your stamp I want to say it's not quite the right word but like when you walk out of the room you still have to leave a part of yourself there so they remember you
0: yeah is that how you felt when you were doing the work or when, if you've ever been on the other side of the table is that how you felt may I ask
1: yeah, oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I have done some casting, and I've done a lot of performing, a lot more performing than I have casting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I remember the people that are nice to me when they're not on. I put in air quote. <laughs> they come in and they seem genuine, genuinely happy to be reading the lines and to being to be there mm-hmm. and are just themselves, because you can tell when someone's nervous. You can yeah. tell, yeah, you can tell when they're not really enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's not somebody you want to put on your stage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that you gotta, they got to be able to take direction. You got to be able to work with them. And so there isn't a bit of interpersonal relationship dynamics that play along with everything. But yeah, I remember, to answer your question, yeah, I remember people who just seem like genuinely good people. Yeah. Yeah. Even playing evil characters, you still yeah. want to be able to work with somebody and have them be a nice person.
0: Yes. Yes. Life is separate from art. There should be a way to, to know that you can fully access that truly evil, villainous character, but you will not create chaos, uh, you know, in the theater every night, backstage or at rehearsals or whatever. There, there, right. there needs to be a level of assurance there, a trust of kind, of a assertion, right. right? Yeah, I would
1: agree. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Okay, so there's three standard closing questions that I yeah. ask when wrapping up every podcast here. The first one, very simply, is what motivates you?
0: Mm-hmm. Purpose. Purpose.
1: All right. I like it. Full stop. All right. (laughs) Second question. What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path?
0: Uh, Keep working. You will get there. You will get there. You will get there. You're on your way. Just keep doing the work. Keep doing the work.
1: And then last question. Hardest one, if you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see?
0: Oh, (laughs) Sweeney (laughs) Todd.
1: That was a quick answer and by far the most popular answer.
0: It's just got everything. (laughs)
1: Uh. (laughs) All right. Well, where can we find you on social media?
0: Ah, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is my name, Montego Glover. Same for Facebook, same for Instagram. And of course, my website is MontegoGlover.com.
1: And then, of course, look for her on Netflix. Yeah. And then uh, it's actually, we didn't even talk about this, but like CBS, uh, the, the shows, the episodics, they, they are ongoing and record for months and months and months. And then you're recording for Netflix and it's just, they release it all at once. So they have to record all at once. <laughs> so that project is done. Uh, is there a stuff in the can that, that we'll see you in soon, too, as well, That it's already been recorded?
0: There's stuff that you will see me in. Some of it done, some of it not. Uh, yes. The answer is yes. All right. Yes. Well, we
1: will uh, we'll have you back on again <laughs> for the future. stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> you can find more of me at thetheaterpodcast.com. Show your support at thetheaterpodcast.com slash Patreon. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. And Facebook slash Official Theater Podcast. Please leave a rating, leave a review, tell your friend. This is edited by Matthew Hendershot. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music and Montego. Thank you most of all. I have really, really enjoyed this chat.
0: I'm so glad. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) Take
1: (laughs) a deep breath, make the world a little colorful.